Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 557. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 880 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2022, Farm Grow Flowers. Farm Grow Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small and even to backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com. I'm so happy to share today's conversation and design demonstration with you. Jennifer Driscoll is the owner of Oakland-based Redwood Wild Florals. I met Jennifer last summer at the 2021 Slow Flower Summit held at Filoli, not far from her Bay Area backyard. You know how you start following someone you've met on social media, and then you want to learn more about their story and their creativity. Well, that's what happened with us. So I invited Jennifer to join me to share about her floral journey and to give us a floral design treat. Her tagline for Redwood Wild Florals is seasonal, hand-picked, and foraged garden-style florals. While a self-described gardener who loves to share her flower bounty and find beauty in community, Jennifer's artistic superpower is her background in interior design. Drawing from her design training and combined with her passion for gardening, Jennifer arranges an array of organically grown flowers straight from the garden to create lush, artful, and refined florals. Be sure to visit slowflowerspodcast.com for episode 557 to watch our full interview, and I've included a beautiful short video recently filmed in the Redwood Wild Florals Cutting Garden. I've also included photos of some of Jennifer's interior design projects, and together these will give you a lovely peek into her creative world. Let's jump right in and get started. Well, hello, everybody. I'm so happy to welcome you to the Slow Flowers show today. And this is episode 557. And my special guest is Jennifer Driscoll of Redwood Wild Florals. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it's It's been a, a fun, fun getting to know you. Um, you're based in Oakland. And you came to the Slow Flowers Summit last year at Filoli, which I guess is in your own backyard, right? It was, right. Yeah. So give us a little snapshot of Redwood Wild Florals and the services and the, um, the, the customers that you serve and uh, where you get your flowers. 
Yeah, so I am just a home-based cottage garden studio. Um, I grow most of the flowers that I use in my arrangements. And um, what I what I decided was that I would only offer my arrangements during my growing season. So that's pretty much March through October. And um, I use most mostly my own flowers. Sometimes I'll source from the flower market with like Mother's Day is coming up mm-hmm. um, when I have a big amount of orders to do. And I do deliveries a couple di- a couple times a week. I saw that on your website. So it's like Wednesdays and Fridays, people can pre-book for you to deliver a, a, a gift arrangement. Exactly. Yeah. I, I make it work for my schedule um, as a interior designer and now venturing into flowers. Um, it's been tricky to navigate my schedule and I'm, and I'm, you know, I have my kids and life to do. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's interesting because I think so many people feel like, you know, stuck in how they run their business because they are responding to customer expectations and you're just building this business kind of by choice to fit your schedule. Like I, I, I saw on your website that you had um, like from, from spring to fall and I wasn't quite sure what that meant. So you said it's a March to October in the Bay area. That's your growing season. That's right. In my growing season, when my garden is pumping out the flowers uh, is when I want to provide them because I feel like my designs just don't have that special touch unless there's something coming out of my garden. Oh, absolutely. And you, we just saw the video that uh, you shared of you cutting in your garden. So uh, tell me about how that video came to be and also just describe like what is the acreage of your garden? I, acreage might be a, the wrong yeah. word. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> less than a quarter of an acre. Okay. <laughs> so very tiny uh, cottage garden. Most of my flowers and most of my land or, you know, garden space is in my front yard. So um, I'm out there all the time. I put containers on my driveway and... I do all sorts of, <laughs> yeah, just have, as I maximize it. I, and I figure out where the sunshine is. So my driveway gets a fair amount of sun and I, we don't park on it. So it's become another flower bed. That's a, yeah, that's a lot of square footage to give up to, you know, asphalt. So you're, yes. you, so obviously you're getting the reflective heat from that, but your containers, right. then you can move them around based on what you're growing and the time exactly. Of year. Exactly. And I, it, and moving around is pretty key for me because it does, um, it does allow me to move things into the sun when it's sunnier out. Uh, I could move them out of the way and it gives me the flexibility to design my garden, um, using colors and combinations that are interesting and, um, the way I imagined, although, you know, you get these bulbs and sometimes it's not what they told you it was. (laughs) Well, let's talk about that. So you're kind of 
you mentioned bulbs. So right now you're, are you harvesting mostly the spring flowering bulbs? Um, is that I what was. you're beginning? So, yeah. From the video, which was taken in March, um, it was all tulips and daffodils just exploding and having their show. The, the ranunculus are coming out right now for me. Um, the, there's a lot of local growers and my friends who are um, professional growers who are, their ranunculus came and went a couple weeks ago, I think around the same time my, my tulips went. And um, it's because I grow in the shade mostly. So they, they were very slow to come out. And once the, the sun hit them, they're, they're, they're throwing out all their blooms. So here. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. But I've by got, growing in the shade, you're kind of delaying the bloom time. That's right. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's inter- yeah it might, it, that's what I'm learning. Um, this is only my fifth year of serious gardening and I, um, am learning that I'll get the flowers eventually. It just takes a little more time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you're going to do a little design demo for us. Is this a good time to break and have you set up for that? Uh, yeah, as I, as I mentioned, I, I was, I am an interior designer. I've been an interior designer for about 15 years and, um, didn't really get into gardening until I'm our family moved over to Oakland. So um, when I had to revive the garden that was here and um, figure out all the plants that were uh, already growing, I really got the gardening bug. Um, And that's how I got into gardening. So um, now I love to bring in the flowers and arrange tablescapes and just share the flowers, um, in my house and then, uh, with my neighbors and friends. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really nice way to bring inside out. Um, and you know, just have the nat- have nature. I'm, I'm also a huge houseplant proponent. So, um, a lot of people come in my house and think it's like a jungle in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, why don't you get started and I'll, I'll uh, ask you a little bit about your path to flowers while you're designing. Uh, what are you going to show us today? So today I've already set up a little bit, sort of um, a base for a side tablescape that you can do when you're hosting guests or just a, a I feel like it, it, to me, it feels like a, a casual garden party design. It's so, so pretty the way you've kind of grouped um, using scales. So there's sort of a dominant arrangement to the what we're seeing on the right with the yeah. large vase and the uh, viburnum and the plant, and then kind of a secondary grouping on the other side, of, other end of the side table. Is that sort of exactly. a... Exactly. And so I brought in the height here with some tall viburnum and uh, I I always bring in different branches in the different seasons in this vase, just because it holds it well. And, um, it, it's nice and tapered. So I don't have to get a massive amount of branches, just a few do the trick. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the height is there a little clustering and I brought some of the, um, 
the color from up here, which our color story is white. So I brought that down to the table and um, put a few florets down here and um, sort of continued on with uh, some pretty books and some items that, again, fit the color story, some black and white. No, it's kind of like the echoing effect of the large arrangement and then repeat it on the other side. Yeah, I can see where there's a lot of interior design um, consideration into how you've placed things. And um, it's the overall composition, not just what's in the vase. Exactly. And I was thinking I would, you know, I have all... I harvested all of my white ranunculus, so um, I could add a few more in there. Mm. And I thought it would be really pretty, although I don't have the things, but um, just to add, you know, this is where you could put platters, cups, teapots, you know, where your guests can gather and, and enjoy the setup. That's so pretty. I love it. Wow. That's a lot of ranunculus that you, um, yes, <laughs> you sacrifice for this demo. <laughs> I have more. Well, oh it is goodness. Mother's Day week. Uh-huh. So I was, I was planning to, uh, harvest the, the blooms anyway. And mm-hmm. here we are with all the ranunculus. So those vases are really cool. Do you deliver arrangements in vases or, um, like, is that I part did, of your look? So, right. I, part of my, uh, my main offerings are, are arrangements in vases. I haven't quite figured out the best way to deliver for with bouquets, just because I don't feel comfortable leaving them out of the water source. Right. And um, so what I, I started with mason jars and um, I upcycle actually mason jars that a friend uses um she gets her lunch delivered you know and and i i can upcycle her her mason jars they don't take them back for some reason okay so um so you have a source of mason jars yeah and ball jars and so those are my my smaller offerings and then um i'm now learning where to buy wholesale bases. Okay. Those are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They look very handcrafted, even though they, they're probably um, mass produced. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's fun. So Jennifer, uh, can you, can I just keep asking questions while you're working? Yeah. I'm so fascinated that you are drawing from an interior design training. Is that, was that sort of your first passion as a creative when you were you know, figuring out how to be, how to be a grown up. <laughs> I was, I would say I'm, I've always sort of been drawn to and searched out beauty and beautiful things and beautiful environments. Uh, as a teenager, I was subscribed to architectural digest, you know, it was, I wasn't really, I was not <laughs> impressive. I was reading architectural digest and Martha Stewart magazine. And I just wanted to to be an interior designer. It wasn't exactly where my path led me initially for college. Um, But once I graduated, I figured out that that is what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So I 
I know I moved to San Francisco and I enrolled in the um, UC Berkeley extension interior design program and was able to work and complete um, that post post back degree afterward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ever since, um, so and even with even with interior design, there is a lot of uh, floral work that during the photo shoots, you, that was my first experience going to the San Francisco flower market was getting ready for photo shoots, setting up designs like this for, uh, the photographers and to just really showcase the house because, uh, a home design really isn't, doesn't feel complete without a little bit of green, a little bit of some life. So were you primarily uh, focused on, and I know you still have your business. Is it, is it residential primarily? That's right. Um, it's my business is studio Driscoll and uh, it's a, it's a residential design. Uh, just, it's uh, just me. So essentially what I do is um, I consult with clients who are doing smaller projects and remodels, kitchens and baths and, um, furnishings for their home. Mm -hmm. And so that was, you had that career well underway when you and your family moved to Oakland to this new, new house. You said about five years ago, is that it? Right. And so you inherited a garden and somehow Somehow, (laughs) that that just sucked you in. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it coincided with I exactly I that's what I say I inherited this beautiful garden with dogwoods and foxgloves and all sorts of things that I had never even seen before let alone grow and um we started plugging in things that we loved and I came up with the color story for the garden um, of peaches and lavenders and kept filling in, kept going into the nursery, finding things, killing things, <laughs> um, right. More things. And, um, that's, I got really, really into it. Uh, it kind of also coincided with Florette mm-hmm. and her, um, expansion and those books were, uh, really opening and, um, sort of empowering, right. To, to allow people to, to feel like, okay, like you can grow whatever you love yes, and grow the colors and just, and like things that you love the most, you can figure out how to grow it with just a few simple resources. Well, listening to you talk about a color story for your home garden though, that is an interior designer point of view. I don't think that, you know... I've gardened for over 20 years. I've never thought about it like that. And so I'm fascinated oh. with um, how, you know, that was your starting point. And that was just for enjoying your garden. Now that yeah. you're cutting for your customers, have you had to expand that a little bit? Um, so you have more choice or more diversity? A little bit, but mm-hmm. I don't have to go far because I feel like uh, the peach and purple somehow relate to so many other colors and they, they please, I don't know. I've never, um, 
had to really, really stretch too far. I add, I have pinks and, but mm-hmm. see like pinks. Right. Pinks go really of- well with the peaches. Right. So. Oh um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Blend them. If you blend them in the right way, they really can pop. Um, but I do find that I gravitate towards certain colors and I stay away from, uh, for example, I don't use, I don't use reds Mm -hmm. and, um, darker. I feel like I don't, I don't tend to use those darker colors in my garden. The more saturated. Right. The saturated colors. It's, it's more tonal for me. And, um, and the ones with the little flecks of different colors and um, where you can pick up, you know, the, for example, like the yellow in the myth, the center of this ranunculus right. um, goes with the yellow of the bright ranunculus. And that's, that's how I look at my cup, my flowers. And that's how I ultimately put them together. Yeah. And I can see all this and everything you've shown us today in terms of this palette is easily carries forward to the dahlias you choose to plant. You probably have more of those mid-tones and not so much the, the dark, super dark or the um, primary colors. That's exactly it. I, I, I tried to stay away from the very, very bright, strong tones. Yeah. And it and they tend to work. And and now that I can grow in mass or in my version of mass, <laughs> because again, that's like it's actually less than a quarter of an acre. Right. So um, and I really just plug in things where I can. But what now that I have things coming out um, in larger amounts, I I'm able to mix and match things in a different way. And like I said, I'm always um, scoping out my neighborhood, which is a very gardeny neighborhood. And um, I am not shy about asking if I can snip or, um, you know, grab grab a little something from the tree, from the foliage of right. um, a shrub. Um, and it's a nice way to meet my neighbors. Like, right. I've, I've very rarely come across a flat no. Yeah. Were you in the, in the city before you moved to uh, across the Bay? Yeah, I was in San Francisco and that's when I started dabbling with, uh, flat grow, growing and gardening. I think I grew some Swiss chard, but yeah. in San Francisco, it, it's so, um, cloudy that it was a tricky environment to grow flowers or, um, really much of anything. Really? So just crossing over to East Bay is, is de- definitely a different uh, growing climate. It is. Wow. Yes. That's so interesting. So yeah. do, you, do you, I'm just curious about your interior design. Do you have clients who um, don't know you are a floral designer at all and they hire you to help with a do over of a, a kitchen or a, you know, or a new, you know, help you help them with new furniture. And then does the flower conversation work its way into that uh, interior design consultation? I think they do. I, I, I can't help. I can't help but talk about flowers nowadays. So right. It's such a big part of my life that um, 
there's no hiding. Right. Hiding. Uh, so a lot of, I feel like a lot of my designs now, either I, I think about them in the realm of flower color stories, right? I, if I was putting together, um, a bathroom or some tile options, uh, or a kid's room, I, I might think about different combinations of flowers or natural growing things. Um, and I get inspired. I'll see something in the garden and I'll think, Oh, that would be really cool in so-and-so's room. Yeah. So it, it really, yeah. And, um, it really flexes my creativity as well. I think that's why, um, I'm enjoying doing both so much is because it uses different parts of my creative brain. Do you find that your, some of your floral customers are coming from your interior design customers, or is it a completely different population of people who are, are ordering flowers from you? I would say it's a mix, Mm -hmm. Um, but so far haven't had any flower customers convert to (laughs) But I think once they see, I feel like I've had a couple of customers come um, for other reasons to to my house, to my studio, and they see my garden and um, it's sort of eye opening for them to see another part of me and how I might contribute to their project. Yeah. Um, Because because I do the gardening. I'd love to poke around on your, uh, your Driscoll studio site and see some of the interiors. So it sounds like now when you finish a project and you want to have it photographed, there's no problem styling it with flowers. You, you know exactly what you want to put into that room. Exactly. I know I'll know what house plants to put in. I'll, 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 I'll be the one creating the florals for, for my photo shoots, that's for sure. That's so interesting. So um, when you have your your customers for deliveries, are you doing, you're doing a combination of individual orders or subscription, right? Is that how it's set up? Exactly. I have it all in my website that, and that's, once I had my website going um, and the, the shop made it an easy stream of orders, it really relieved a lot of um, the administrative headaches that I had to deal with. I just yeah. wanted to streamline all the processes. So you go on my website, you order one of, I think I have maybe five size options and, um, it asks for all the information I need for deliveries, your, your, your note tag and, uh, any special requests. So like you were asking earlier, I do get some customers asking for certain colors and um, sometimes I can honor those requests and, and sometimes I can't. And um, I, it, I, I'm just very open about mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. just let them know, uh, Hey, I don't exactly have that right now. Does peach work for you instead of orange or yeah. does, um, you know, does, is white, you know, I don't have a lot of white, but is white mixed with pink? Okay. You know, they, it, they're generally, I think with the way my website is set up and, um, the expectations I put for my 
clients that um, they they know that it's designer's choice for the most part. I was just going to say, I saw that language um, uh, on, you know, many of your uh, pages just, but it's, it's not like um, something that would let someone down gently. It's like, this is exciting that it's, it's designer's choice. I'm going to pop up your uh, website really quickly so people can see it while we're talking. Uh, this logo is beautiful. Is that an illustration that you commissioned or? No, um, actually I created the logo myself um, through Canva. Oh, there's pretty. A, there's a website that is sort of like graphic designer light that um, and graphic design is maybe a, another subset of, uh, I, I guess, my design training. Train, yeah, yeah. exactly. I've built websites for um, other interior designers that I've worked for, and um, oh my gra- gosh, graphics so, is definitely something that I, I am drawn to. I think you did a beautiful job, and I love Redwood. Redwood is really important for for the Bay area. I mean, in Northern California, people know about the Redwoods. Is that why you chose that? Yeah. I live in Redwood Heights of Oakland Okay, and right off of Redwood road. And it's this neighborhood that's just below Redwood regional park where, uh, the, the loggers used to go up there, you know, 200 years ago and drive down the Redwoods, uh, to the city to build build the houses down in the city. So it it sort of says very local. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think it's memorable for people uh, in my community and, Mm -hmm. and that's who I I really hope to connect with. And um, so, yeah. So you have a subscription base. I was kind of getting to that and I, I lost my train of thought, but um, these are the ways that people can subscribe. Oh yeah. You said five choices. Okay. So they can, Yep, those are my. Um, they they can either have a biweekly or monthly subscription. I I send them out on Wednesdays, and I decided this year to only offer them from February through October. Okay. Uh, again, it's the it's the growing season, and the slow flowers in me. You know, <laughs> it's like right. I don't want to have to by the imported things in the off season. And those are the holiday seasons, you know, like I have a lot of commitments to handle um, November and December. Wow. This is so beautiful. And you do offer for not people who aren't subscribers who just want to order, uh, you know, a classic arrangement or an accent centerpiece, you're giving them a price range and a choice, but it's still designer's choice. I mean, exactly, they get a, yeah. a choice on the size, but not exactly. necessarily. Yeah. Right. And they can see from the various designs that I've created that it varies. And yes, happy to um, honor any specific requests like mm-hmm. for allergies. I, you know, people say no lilies or no whatever this flower, but um, it's, it's, my, my style is a little wild. And, yeah, it is. Um, Here's and, your mother's day since we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. And it's so in your palette. I love it. Yes, exactly. And those were almost exclusively from my garden. I think, yeah, those were exclusively from my garden. Um, 
just can't not so go out there and snip. And um, the best thing is when I need to go back for more or I, there's some little missing thing and I can just pop outside and grab it. Right. Exactly. So do you have to um, set a capacity like what you can uh, do and uh, achieve in a given week? I mean, I'm some, it's probably your time more than what flowers you have available. A hundred percent. I, I do have to really limit um, the, my capacity and uh, I do, I have help. My neighbors help me. I have um, some a flower friend who comes to help me and it's, it's become um, a really great community. That's so neat. Well, we're going to air this on Friday, May 6th. So it's nice to see that you're working on a, uh, you're doing deliveries on Friday and then on Saturday, you're having a pop-up. So that's at your, at your garden. That's at my garden. I open up onto my driveway and uh, put out the, put out the, ready to go arrangements. Wow. Is this the first year you've done that? Yes. I did it for Valentine's day and it worked out really well. I got to connect with a lot of neighbor, new neighbors that I hadn't met before. And, um, they got to see my product, uh, which was really, really nice. And something that I hadn't really done in the past. Well, before we, um, go, go away from your website. Can I, I just want to click on your sustainability page. I thought that was really, your messaging is really fantastic because uh, you try to touch on a number of different things that are part of your business model. Um, yeah. As a you, slow flower member, this was a huge, uh, that was a huge, huge inspiration for me to want to put that out there. Um, it's a huge part of why I continue to do this in the way that I do it. And, um, it, it's, it's really important to me as, as a gardener also, uh, to protect the, the critters that are, you know, all the, all the, the diverse life that is in the garden. Absolutely. uh, Is, is really important to me. That's so interesting, Jennifer, because I sort of, when I first started meeting flower farmers and sort of becoming aware that there was this dichotomy between imports and local flowers, like maybe 12 years ago, um, I thought like a gardener too, like, well, why wouldn't I be buying flowers that are local? Because I know how they do in my garden and um, I'm aware of the seasonality and, you know, the, what it takes to grow without chemicals. And it just made sense to me. And I was so shocked when I, I mean, I feel naive talking about it now, but I was so shocked when I thought I knew everything about any, or any plant, you know, anything in the plant world. And then this reality, you know, kind of uh, what made me wake up and say, oh, there's, there's definitely a different model in the traditional floral world. And what can we do to change it? So what any little way we can uh, spread, spread the word about how important it is. I feel like most people are completely unaware. Um, so I really wanted to make that my mission, make that my priority and let people know why it is 
I'm growing tons of flowers and selling them out of my driveway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hope I can visit sometime soon. It's wonderful. What do you, what else do you have on tap for, for the year coming up? I know you've talked about doing some workshops. Um, I, is that in the works? It is in the works. Um, I have a big year this year. Uh, I'm doing a lot of traveling now that we're all back to traveling. Um, I'm bringing my daughters and my mom out over to Europe and doing a sort of a grand garden themed tour. Oh my gosh. When are you leaving for that? We're leaving in three weeks. So who's going to do this, the Redwood Wild <laughs> Flowers <laughs> subscriptions while you're gone? One of your friends? I have a friend. I yeah. Have a oh, friend. that's good. It's only um, one or two orders, subscri- subscription orders. And I, um, I regularly update my website. That's another thing I learned with, uh, having a retail business is you have to regularly update your website and notify everybody of, you know, your absence in, in this, in the way that you notify clients right. when, when you have vacation. Yeah. Um, so oh, that sounds I, wonderful. Yeah. I'm going to the Chelsea flower show. I'm learning from, um, Emily at Floropean, all sorts of. Oh my gosh. Have a a wonderful time. I'm super jealous. (laughs) (laughs) And then after that, I get to go to the slow flower summit as well. So I'm really excited for year number two. Oh, I'm so glad you're coming. I'm really excited to go. Wow. That's a busy year, but it's all education. So you can chalk it all up to, you know, improving your knowledge base and your your mechanics and your skills. Um, it is. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Learning. Yeah. Well, thanks for popping in to join us, especially the week of mother's day when I know you're slammed and it's just really fun to share your story and, um, see a little bit about the flowers in the video. And also, uh, I'm so glad I was able to pop on the website and kind of include that so people can meet you and follow you and so much for joining us today. I loved seeing all of the cutting garden ingredients that Jennifer grows and includes in her bouquets and arrangements. Take inspiration from her story and perhaps you'll borrow some of the ways Jennifer blends two creative pursuits into her lifestyle and use it in yours. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S. and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. Coming up this Friday, May 13th, you're invited to join the Slow Flowers member meetup for the month. That's a virtual meetup. It's our Slow Flowers Summit design preview with two of our Slow Flowers Summit featured floral designers who will join me for an inspiring conversation about seasonal growing, sourcing, and design. Zinnia D'Ambrosi of Sweet Earth Co. and TJ McGrath of TJ McGrath Design are part of our inspiring day one speaker lineup at the Slow Flowers Summit. That's June 26th. 
and they'll both present a design demonstration using all locally grown botanicals. At the meetup, you'll have a chance to learn more about their floral enterprises and how they stay true to their missions. For both of them, it's a mission based on seasonality, sustainability, and connecting clients, consumers, and their communities with the beauty and meaning in their locally grown flowers. Pre-registration for our meetup is required, and you can find the link in today's show notes for episode 557 at slowflowerspodcast.com. I hope you'll enjoy this enriching gathering. A final sponsor thanks goes to The Gardener's Workshop, which offers a full curriculum of online education for flower farmers and farmer florists. Online education is more important this year than ever, and you'll want to check out the course offerings at thegardenersworkshop.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor downloaded more than 846,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowersociety.com and consider making a donation to sustain Slow Flowers' ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button at slowflowerspodcast.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. I'll see you then. Thank you.